0: ready ready here we go man welcome tonight to plastic Plastic.
1: climate Climate. pretty good future.com boom hey we did it again we did it again (laughs) matt I mean, you know, Barry White, stand aside, Bob Dylan, stand aside, everyone, we're, we're this displacing all these artists with this work that we're doing here, so... So welcome, Bram. You we didn't hang up. That's a sign. That's a good sign. Either that. I'm still here. I'm still uh, warm. <laughs> okay. Like I said, your speakers are not working or or you have a high level of tolerance for people like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what I wanted to say. Like we're displacing all these artists. But luckily, we didn't displace our guest tonight. Um, and it's uh, Bram Pears. Yes. Did I say it right? That's perfect. Um, Perfect. Okay. From uh, Leuven. And for those uh, who don't know where Leuven is, maybe, Bram, tell us more about you and, uh, yeah, where Leuven is and why you are in Leuven. (laughs)
2: Uh, at the moment, I'm, I'm not in Leuven. It as, uh, one big city. Um, at the moment, I'm in Antwerp. It's I think it's Arne that's living in Leuven. Originally, I grew up in West Flanders. Flanders is not that big, so we can certainly consider it as one big city. Certainly because the houses are spread around everywhere. So at the moment, I'm in Antwerp. We have a workplace here with From Waste to Wind, and I live here too. Um, I went studying here, um, but originally I'm from the other side of the country. Um, yes, in English, uh, probably you can't hear it, but um, when I talk to people here, uh, quite often they, they recognize that I'm uh, not from around, although it's uh, only uh, one hour away with the train. Um, <laughs> but so. Uh, um, environmental sciences uh, brought me to uh, Antwerp, and uh, yeah, I made a lot of friends here, and uh, I studied here. Um, so yeah, uh, a lot of uh, people end up in a city in, in that way. So uh, at the at the time of speaking, it's also the case for me, uh, which doesn't mean I will uh, stay in the city center forever. But uh, we'll see what life brings. <laughs>
0: yeah but seems seems like it's a yeah interesting place for environmental scientists <laughs> so one thing you already mentioned uh you studied environmental science um, and uh, the other thing that you mentioned is that your company is called from waste to Wind so how how is the connection how did it come together so what did you do after studying environmental science and then What is From Waste to Wind doing? Maybe let's start with that.
2: Um, In the definition of our company, the Articles of Association, um, we defined that the company aims to make renewable energy accessible for everyone. Um, So this is quite a blunt statement, of course. Um, More concretely, we are trying to make wind energy easy. It should be easy to install, maintain, and revenue should be more or less guaranteed. Um, so my role, myself, officially, I'm the CEO, but we're such a small company that uh, it's a bit funny to uh, to, to, to uh, uh, entitle myself in that way. Um, yeah, also because my, my role is so diverse. Um, what, I, what I find important as an environmental scientist is uh, firstly that we look at the bigger picture. For example, um, we found in an installation of a wind turbine that the total CO two emissions of a wind turbine and steel tower makes up for sixty to seventy percent of the total installation. Um, So, in in the total CO two emissions, it's it's not only the wind turbine, but it's uh, so much more. Also, the electronics are uh, important. so we're also looking at the, the bigger picture, which uh, from waste to wind. Um, I've learned that a lot, and uh, at the university here, um, for example, we uh, we had a course dedicated to working interdisciplinary, um, because yeah, we learned that environmental problems are always uh, social problems. Um, it's not the, just the CO2 and the waste that is abundant. Uh, it's also the behavior of the people and things like political systems that uh, decide how the environment looks like. Um, so that's uh, really something we, we want to uh, yeah, uh, keep in our minds and, and, and from mace to wind. And, um, um, yeah. Do
0: you address this already then?
2: like Um, we address this with the design of uh, of our wind turbines so uh we make them as modular and as repairable as possible um which is challenging um our first idea was that everyone um, needs to be able to print uh, their own wind turbine at home um, which how i got into it but maybe more on that later um now we are we're working towards an uh, an ikea style building kit um so it should be easy to assemble easy to ma- to uh, maintain um but it hasn't always been uh, easy to yeah to stay on that way um, although we uh we put it in the, uh, the definition of the company um yeah, wind turbine has so much moving parts and history they got a little bit of a of a, a bad name for themselves so um we are trying to find a solution both in the product but also um we're thinking about um energy as a service which is uh, helping the client in return for a monthly fee so they just um uh they take uh, the wind turbine and uh we help them with the permission planning the sighting, uh the maintenance and after 20 years we will take back the wind turbine um and and yeah totally recycle it um because uh, yeah with our with our model that's that's totally possible um but yeah it's uh, the ins and outs um that already in a nutshell.
1: Yeah, I mean, if if I may just um, for me one one of the things that intrigues me about uh about you and what you're doing, Bram, is quite frankly the name of your company, Waste to Wind. Uh um I mean, how did you make that link? Because uh Matt and I, you know, you, we we talk a lot about plastic, climate, and future, and, and when we talk in 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 these uh these terms, uh, we, we come upon uh, very often the, 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 the issue of plastic waste. Uh, and I'm just curious. That, that's kind of my, my initial draw to what it is that you're doing is, is waste to win. You're, you're, is it that you're talking about solving uh, two problems uh, or addressing two challenges at the same time? One is the issue of, of waste in our environment, of plastic waste, uh et cetera um and uh you know taking that and using that to create renewable energy i mean i think this is really fascinating that you have this dual um approach to to solving problems uh in the environment uh can you talk a little bit more about where you got this aha ex- uh that 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 led you to waste to wind
2: yes yes absolutely um, well, um, since uh, I was quite idealistic when uh, writing the, the company definitions, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it stated that the um, wind turbines should be made from recycled, biodegradable, or carbon-neutral materials. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, the idea, the uh, aha moment, is much, much older. Um actually I have to start like uh, when I was fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um I went to the container park. Mm-hmm. It's like a recycling park mm-hmm. um where every household can uh, deposit their waste. Mm-hmm. It's a thing here in Belgium. Mm-hmm. Um so I went there with my nephew with my nephew and we um we knew a thing or two about computers. Uh we uh, read a few magazines in the time. Um and we noticed that it's totally possible to build your own computer just uh, from parts. Back in the day, the desktop computer was uh, much more popular. And, and what we did was uh, we screwed like uh, big curver boxes on our bikes. We biked to the container park. And um, yeah, we collected all the best parts and we built our own gaming computers. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, that was all uh, fun and giggles. Mm-hmm. It worked. And at the end, uh, we had much more than... a. We could ever have asked for mm-hmm. um, but then yeah of course the next question uh, certainly at the time um, almost 20 years uh, back they were very power hungry and then um, i was also wondering yeah f- what about the electricity and the, mm-hmm. the energy consumption uh, how about that so I, I started reading more and more
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, and i ended up making a uh, first something i wouldn't even call it a prototype or a proof of concept it was just a thing mm-hmm. a thing that uh that moved and made electricity mm-hmm. it was made from an old uh, garbage can mm-hmm. like one of those big cans of uh, one meter height mm-hmm. um i got uh, strong magnets from hard disk drive mm-hmm. from a computer We also have a uh, good magnets uh, um <clears throat> and uh, also the copper coils I I can't remember where I got them but also from some um, some uh, waste application Mm -hmm. Um, that's that are the main ingredients I got the steel for for the housing Uh, I got it from a computer enclosure it was a, a heavy server enclosure with the thick sheets and uh, in the end, I, I, I managed to make something that uh, uh, lit up like a small bulb and an mm-hmm. LED. Mm-hmm. And um, I realized, yeah, it's actually, it's not so hard to 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 gather those materials and, and there are not that much materials in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and since then, I, I, I tried and I tried and it wasn't always easy. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes the the idea was was called for a few years um Mm -hmm. then i studied uh, new media and communication technology um, which has uh, a lot to do with um, computers and electricity also so i learned a little bit there Mm -hmm. um i went on to work in in a production company um, and i maintained the servers there i learned more and more um but still uh I wasn't an engineer, mm-hmm. uh, and I yeah, I'm not an engineer now uh, also. Mm-hmm. But um, we got to work in a working wind turbine, and uh, I must say it's uh, it's quite efficient now. Um, yeah, <laughs> and
0: was this also the these experiences that brought you to study environmental sciences in the end, uh, or did you do this already before the media studies that you just mentioned?
2: Um, yes, the media studies, uh, I did that for a year, but um, after that year, I was uh, more hungry to know uh, more about the world and uh, um, I searched and I searched, um, I studied something else for a few months and then um, yeah, I find environmental sciences. Um, yeah, I had friends at the university, and I looked into their course, and I was so, uh, so interested to, to know more about it. And, and actually, it was one of the, the best choices of my life. Um, so, um, yeah, after that, I went on to work for Umicor, a big recycling company here in Antwerp, um, which was uh, very interesting, also a reality check, um, yeah, to, to recycle um, non-ferro materials. Metals, they have to make a huge lava, but it's as big as your average uh, living room, so uh, the energy consumption is huge. Um, it really opened my eyes that uh, yeah, it's not uh, recycling is not a, yeah one stop solution, but uh, it has to be uh, thoroughly assessed. Um, so yeah, yeah, quite quite. Quickly, I came to the conclusion that I could work all my life to make the factory like 0.1% more environmental friendly. Um, But yeah, as a beginner, I was learning a lot. And uh, yeah, a little bit later, I got a a phone call from uh, the Flemish government. Um, Yeah, are you interested to uh, work on... uh, on uh, the big wind plan. Uh, the minister, minister of energy at that time had uh, quite ambitious plans and I was uh, quite fan of those. So uh, I took the opportunity to uh, work on uh, 100% renewable energy. And um, yeah, the, the ball uh, went on from there. Um, I learned so much. Um, also, yeah, big eye opener again. Um, i saw the government struggling i saw the politicians struggling the administrations not getting their priorities straight or not getting the message out there um, or just funding prestigious projects and i thought uh, yeah this has to be better Um, and after two years uh, of working there um, i i i yeah decided that i uh it would be better to just um have it in a direct approach more a human to human more direct and uh, i started my uh, my own company um, a little bit later um, i must say before that uh, it took a few months and uh, isolation to um, build and, and design a 3d printed twin turbine um, yeah it had uh, had been tried by numerous people on the internet but uh, not really successfully, um, and I, I by then I had a lot of inspiration by Hugh Pigott, uh, which is like the the godfather of the do-it-yourself wind energy, um, and I read a lot of his manuals, and and so I managed to do it, and I won the Hackaday Prize uh, for ten thousand dollars, and uh, that really got uh, got everything uh, yeah started, and I was able to. Uh, uh, found a company I got a lot of traction because of that um i um gathered some people from my uh you know, my close environment um some friends some people i worked with and um yeah from there uh, it, went, uh, it went quicker and quicker
0: and uh, tell us more about this hackathon uh what was it was it an international one or was it in uh, in, uh yeah and, 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 and really while you're telling ideas.
1: this, begin by telling this old man here, John, what in the world is a hackathon? <laughs> yeah. Start by telling what <laughs> is
2: it?
1: Remember, there's an old man in the room here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> good question, good question. Well, um, yeah, hacking, uh, for me, it's um, using machines uh, while they're not uh, aimed to be used in that way um so that explains a lot already um also when we when we were working with the, the computers we gathered we uh we water cooled them um you can you can uh, overclock them so uh, you can uh, make them run faster as they are uh, uh built for um it's also a way of hacking um but in terms of 3d printing and, and hackathons it's like uh competition to invent stuff with um, yeah all kind of uh, electronics quite often or, or even biomaterials everything where you can lie your hands on um, to make something something new from that and, and to be really inventive um, also it's it's quite popular in the United States um, for example because the healthcare is not as uh, um, abundant as it is here in, uh, let's say, in Belgium, um, I have seen people uh, hack or build their uh, diabetes control systems. Um, for example, um, I think the uh, another solution that won a prize and hackaday competition was like a controller. It was called the bite, and you can uh, uh, hold it in your mouth to control um, certain. Yeah, I don't know what, I think maybe it was a computer. Um, but yeah, hacking is uh, um, being creative with, with what you have. And, and uh, yeah, it's in a very broad sense, uh, what it means to me.
0: So what what was your project and exactly for this hackathon where you got the 10,000 bucks for?
2: Well, uh, the project was to, uh, to make an uh, environmentally uh, wind turbine that was really generating something worthwhile. Um, for us, it was a wind turbine that was able to generate 500 watts. Um, it had a diameter of two meters and um, it also used ferrite magnets, which are uh, way more environmentally um, friendly than the, the, the new neodymium magnets. The, the shiny ones that you see a lot. Um, the also called rare earth materials um, because um, yeah, a lot of uh, yeah, exotic minerals are necessary for it. Um, so yeah, I had the dream that everyone could print their own wind turbine at home. And uh, I, I modeled the wind turbine that, that was more 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 or less working. Uh, it had blades it had a generator um, generator was made up of uh, coils that I wear I wound them by hand um so really uh, 90 turns per coil um 24 magnets I modeled everything I printed it, it was quite challenging because also um in terms of printing um, I think if you look at the averages a lot of uh, toys and, and actually waste <laughs> is being printed with the average 3d printer so i had to specialize quite a bit and it took me a few months but um uh, i managed and um you had to be creative also there uh, for example i used the the enclosure the, the cardboard box in which the the printer arrived here it was shipped here in a, in a huge box i put it over the printer to to keep the warmth trapped there and in that way i got uh um yeah less um deforming parts um, but yeah in the end it was possible to uh, to print a wind turbine um it was made from pla um it's derived from uh, uh starch like like cornstarch for example it's a, a biopolymer um, and uh, at that time i was also convinced that it was totally biodegradable if i would show it away um and to just uh degrade on the land, but uh yeah by now uh now a little bit better it should be a a composite and an industrial facility
0: and this is what you then uh i mean this proof of concept let's call it like this this is what you took then as uh yeah your main idea to start your company and uh Turn it into a commercial business, or did you then continue, you know, developing further and and uh, I don't know, innovate further? Or is is this the current technology now? Is this also the current business model that you have at the moment?
2: Um, at the moment, we're not even sure about our business model. Um, As because... a startup, you are never sure, right? Because <laughs> it's, it's changing every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly i think we will be sure when we will be maybe uh, let's say we will be more sure when we will be on the market um yeah first i have to add um i also noticed that it's possible to make a dangerous machine out of a out of a wind turbine um you had some uh, spectacular explosions at our test site So, um, yeah, it's still a a question we have upon today. Um, And what, in what matter or in what way should we uh, facilitate uh, people to make their own wind turbine? And and how can we um, help them or or secure them as much as possible? the first thing i did after winning the prize was uh, modifying the 3D the 3d printer with a bed of one meter so um yeah we hacked we hacked the printer and then put our uh, put an open source operating system on it it's called marlin so you can uh, let the printer think or let it know that it has a, a huge print bed now um then we also expanded the, the heated uh, chamber so uh what we wanted to print didn't deform. Uh, worked quite well, and then we we did a lot of tests with that. Um, we got a subsidy from the city of Antwerp to to further expand upon that. Um, and yeah, we managed to print blades of one meter length from a recycled PET uh, from a BASF, a recycling company here in uh, Antwerp. Um, so and also, yeah, quite happy with the developments with. Uh, um, yeah, with everything um, it, it allowed us to, to gain more insights also about the the business model um, and we, we discovered that the, the average household in Belgium I think also yeah, Western Europe more or less uh, consumes about 3000 kilowatt hours in one year now with all the electrification going on electrical cars, heat pumps I think it's already more 3500. Um, and we also saw that a bigger wind turbine would be a good fit for that, together with solar panels. And uh, solar panels are doing it qu- are doing, uh, quite well here um, in the summer and then in the winter and at night. Of course, uh, the wind is, is blowing. Um, so we're aiming for a, a wind turbine of four meters diameter, um, which can produce around 2400 kilowatt hours a year Um, and yeah uh, good wind speeds of five meters per second so uh, also here we see that sighting is super important Um, we've seen numerous people that put a a windmill just next to the tree because they saw the the leaves of the tree moving and therefore they thought the wind was there but yeah actually they they just put it out of the wind like that Um, so first, we want to finish our, our bigger wind turbine. Uh, we have done a lot of the uh, polymer research on the smaller blades, uh, on the smaller wind turbine, uh, a lot of the efficiency, just the, in terms of the, the power we, we get out of it. We also um, did that with the two-meter wind turbine. Um, and we got what we wanted. We got what we uh, uh, simulated. Um, so we're quite happy with that and uh, we're confident that we can build uh, bigger models also. Um, so, yeah, now we're, we're having two approaches. Um, we're building a bigger wind turbine, um, a very modular one with a big steel bar as a, a carrying structure for the blades. Um, and then we're working together with a big printing company that has a big robot arm um and that's uh, uh printing uh, blades in once in one piece like we always used to do um but that's uh yeah boats and boats still have some challenges um we're 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 near but um, we're not on the market yet um, we're also working on electronics to uh, to have everything as uh, efficient as, as possible certainly when you want to grid die or, or do battery charging. Um, so yeah, all in all, doing doing a lot still, um, but uh, not quite sure yet where we where we're gonna end up.
0: And um, you mentioned uh, in the beginning, like also this open source idea, and you know you kind of already said you're helping also the customers to uh, think about how they can profit from purchasing the 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 uh, wind turbine not only by generating their own electricity but also kind of creating a grid so that it's you multiply this effect um, do you already have kind of a running pilot where you can see maybe benefits that, uh, you know, you, you cannot see just from 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 selling one <laughs> uh, wind turbine and then testing it and then saying, like, Look, guys, this is how it works. But really, where you where you tested a grid, maybe, and then you see oh, this is something that we discovered only because we were able to test it in such a scenario.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um... We, yeah, we have our test site here at, uh, at our workplace and uh, actually it has been um, yeah, charging batteries for the electrical uh, carts, they're moving there. Um, that was one application and uh, for the near future we are looking to other applications because indeed um, you have to get that feedback from the clients, uh, you have to see where your products fail. Um, and in terms of uh, open source, of course, how it will spread. Um, will people uh, adapt it? Um, will, they, will they make a better version or will they make a, a worse version? Uh, re- really, everything can happen. But at the moment, we're, we're iterating so fast that we, um, yeah, we decide to not upload or not open source uh, every iteration. I think we do it like once a year um for example now we will compete again in the hackaday uh, competition and uh we will bring some innovations um in the coming months um it's also just a really uh thankful platform to to just uh post your, your work log and your videos and uh, the bill of materials uh, it has a lot of viewers already but um yeah, we also want to do it on our own website um, but of course, uh, we cannot do everything at the same time, yeah, yeah, as I <laughs> explained already.
0: But uh, one idea that that came to my mind, I don't know if you have been thinking about it as well. And, and if you did, it would be cool to, to get your perspective on this, um, because how I understand it. and, and how I understand also your motivation is that basically using additive manufacturing and you know having an open source model, making it all public is aiming to encourage every person to do their own in the end, their their own uh, wind turbine, just by either, you know, going to a facility which provides 3D printers, or 3D printing services, or even maybe if you're a smart guy, and uh, there are many young guys and uh, young uh, fellows that I know uh That have a 3D printer at home and experiment with that. That's kind of like we did have a you know LP player, John, by that time. (laughs) Now it's all (laughs) it's all 3D printers. So the idea is to provide the, the recipe on how to do your own wind turbine, and then in the end provide maybe the knowledge. And if you do that, then probably the the effect is that people start innovating by themselves and like creating a community and then you kind of grow the the expertise and maybe they basically, yeah, um, innovate faster than you would be able as a as a company because you already said, uh, I mean, you're you're limited, of course, in your capacities, right?
2: exactly exactly Um, i'm very curious uh, what will happen Um, and and indeed it could be for us also uh, numerous business models Um, we could go to different uh, fab labs like it's called nowadays like those uh, small labs that have those uh, digital means of production and and um, go there for some uh, educational courses on on how to assemble everything or, or how to to print it without uh, deformation um and then yeah let's let's see from there how how people take it up um i think uh, a lot of people will also just um just order at our uh, at our doorstep and and just be inspired and and um Feel like more accustomed to the to the technology of renewable energy and and producing energy um, at all. I think they will. um, Yeah, that's that's the most important, and that people just um, they get more at ease with 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 all those things because nowadays um, it's all far away. It just costs a lot of money. Um, It's not sure if it's really green energy or it's rather gray energy that they are buying uh all those things um it says yeah we, we hope that we have some effects uh, on that and for example i was also really inspired by dave Hawkins from precious plastics um he also won a uh, quite a big prize with his uh, ideas and his inventions um so uh precious plastics um and then dave Hawkins builds some uh some machines to to recycle um, yeah a little bit of every kind of plastics just at your home and, and by now there are hundreds maybe even thousands small recycling facilities people make earrings uh fins for surfboards um a little bit of everything comes um not too big mostly because the um, yeah, the specs of the plastics can be too high um, but it's really a big evolution and it's really uh, something uh, a lot of yeah entrepreneurial or um, environmental very um, young people are playing with nowadays um, and and that's that's yeah something i i was really inspired by because they're still selling the machines and at the same time they're allowing people or they're they are enabling people to build their own machines and they are um, just reiterating this they are still making new versions and uh, yeah you see that, that people are very enthusiastic uh, about the the openness and the availability of the knowledge because when something goes wrong or when they they have questions there's like this big community to help them and, and even the producer is there with a Patreon channel where you can um, just uh, pay a small amount for their their monthly support and then you can ask questions, all all the things that you need or want to know. Um, Yeah. For me,
1: just jumping in real quickly, I mean, uh, I've been quietly listening, which is not something I normally do, (laughs) but I've been quietly listening and I'm fascinated, Bram, because it, it sounds like to me, all, your journey began, as you said, back at the age of fifteen, uh, at at the container park here in Belgium, uh, and and it, it seems to me uh, it, I'm going to make a statement, but it's it's actually a question. You know, um, the statement is, is is it seems to me that 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 what what drives you is 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 curiosity to, to, to do things with 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 material that would be otherwise considered as as waste or discarded and, and you uh coming along and saying, "No wait, I can take this and and create something that's valuable it, it seems to me that that is that's really what makes you tick and that's what's driving you uh and um and then second secondly absolutely uh, which I think is so cool I may be wrong here, but you can correct me but what I find cool is like, that seems to be what, what drives you. And, and and then somewhere down the line, you know, uh, the business model, the, if you will, the real world uh, comes in and says, okay, how do I take my curiosity to take things that are considered as waste, turn them into things that are valuable again. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I need to figure out a way to turn that into something where I can, you know, feed my family. Uh, Whereas, it, it, many folks that 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 we know uh you know they they look around and they say okay how can i you know how can i you know g- get the green get the money uh how how however i do yeah. that it doesn't matter yeah uh what i find inspiring about about your story is is what is driving you is is the other way around it's like okay it's the curiosity it is it, taking uh that which is regarded as waste and turning it into something valuable again and yes, and then somewhere down the, r- the line uh we we will hit what we need to hit in order to sustain ourselves, but it's not it's not what's driving you you're not driven to be the next uh, multi billionaire you're driven to be you're driven by curiosity, it seems to me
2: yeah um, maybe I'm a little bit uh, driven a little bit too much by uh, curiosity, so uh I <laughs> think it's like you <laughs> say john um that's really um. Uh, that that has always been um, the the way of thinking in the company mm-hmm. and in my uh, in my head. Um, first, we will we will make an environmental friendly product, and then we will see if it's uh, yeah if there's money to be made from it. Not the other way around. Not we want to make money, and then we will just. Uh, yeah, think uh, or just to design something that that will make it, and then when it's possible, we will make it also environmental environmentally friendly. And then it's quite possible that you water down uh, so much because of the the revenue that that should be generated. Um, and then you see this happening so much uh, that that's really not uh, not uh, how we're gonna yeah survive this this coming climate crisis, I think. Uh, We need to do much more and and change uh, much more in our thinking. So, um, yeah, I hope that I'm not too idealistic. Um, We'll see uh, the coming year or coming two years if we can really head it off with the company. Um, I think, yeah, the mindset uh, for the the product is right and for the 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 problems that we are facing nowadays is right, but indeed um, yeah making a company thriving um that's a, that's a challenge that's a challenge also and um, i think also yeah hereby getting the word out and uh, we can uh yeah we can we can make uh, other people enthusiastic about it also um, because it's not always easy to find uh, the right uh, right people to to, to start the business also or to, mm. to get uh, business minded people. Um, often they're looking for like a quick a quick, a quick buck with the startup and startup scene. Let's see what startup will uh, multiply my money the fastest. But then yeah, that's of course not really my philosophy. Um, so we have uh, had some people come and go and we're not really a fit about that. Um, so yeah uh let's see how it goes the coming years Uh, we're quite uh, uh modest in one way and quite ambitious the other way
0: yeah. yeah, coming back to this one, because I think what you're also solving or what you're trying to solve, I mean, we talked, you, you already mentioned, is this energy really green, you know, there is a lot of issues with wind turbines. And if we come back to the topic of our podcast, so, you know, it starts with plastic. <laughs> so we all know that uh, wind turbines are, yeah, uh, of course producing green energy but uh, uh let's say downstream there is a lot of still problems with um how do you recycle composites that are mm-hmm. out of thermoset materials and what's going to happen with all this uh, energy that has been put into making these uh, these these wind turbines. And if you cannot recycle it afterwards or if you ha- don't have an, a proper end of life solution. So I mean, you mentioned you started with PLA, which is a a very um, yeah, let's say uh, environmentally friendly material concept right it's still it's still not not working the way it's people think it should work right because uh the infrastructure is not there and you know there is a lot of (laughs) there is a lot of still um unsolved uh barriers that actually hinder this environmental friendliness right but in the end i mean that's how i understand like you have a very circular approach also to to creating the product because you know you 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 do use additive manufacturing minimize waste you know you think about modularity and also the material concept um that you're looking for should be as regenerative and as recyclable is positive. So don't you have a lot of interest from the industry and uh, maybe also investors that look into these kind of uh, green technologies? And I mean, knowing also that VC funds always want to have their tag, like we're going to save so and so much carbon within the next 50 years. How's that? (laughs)
2: Um, good question Um, we have been hearing around for funding here and there but um, it wasn't always easy to get it Um, yeah indeed a lot of companies are are, uh, jumping on it nowadays Uh, I think that will change once we will have a proof of concept of our bigger wind turbine um, in a few months that will uh, give some more uh, credentiality um but yeah there are a lot of uh, um people looking at it um yeah what we hear for example is that it was uh, from the Flemish government that it was um yeah still in too early stage and also from some uh, other um yeah funding organizations uh, a lot of the, the organizations said they want more um They they want to have some sales already, or they want more uh, guarantees. And of course, yeah, because of our philosoph, our uh, philosoph, yeah, uh, or ideas, it's hard to to make that uh, yeah to make that promise now at at this given point. Um, Although we built uh, quite some uh, working machines, Um, but yeah, we're uh, we're working on, on more uh concrete data in the near future um and yeah there's uh, a lot of promising technology like your uh, um, like you're stating with the pla it's an it's an interesting evolution um i think in the coming years we will see uh, much more like for example the mit is working on uh 3d printing um yeah, so all kinds of biomaterials uh, from from waste. Also, um, I have been talking to Flemish universities here that are doing research on three D printing continuous uh, biofiber, like for example flax. That is a very uh, it's it's growing very easily here and and uh, Flanders uh, bamboo is is. is uh, it's more known, but it's also something they are looking in, into. Um, and and their opinion was also that the future of the big wind turbines, which uh, will will be much more uh, into additive additive manufacturing and into um, yeah biomaterials than it is now, because uh, um, also with additive manufacturing you can just uh, layer fibers in the direction that you want, and that's necessary. Um, that's a, a big uh, big improvement already. And then, yeah, of course, if you can um, make it from um, organic waste, which is the, the biggest waste fraction on earth, then um, I think it's a Can, can I ask a question on,
1: on additive manufacturing or 3D printing? Uh, uh, quickly, uh, a funny little anecdote from me. Uh, 10 years or so, maybe 15 years, 10 or 15 years ago, Uh, I was uh, reading uh, um, an article about uh, a company, of course, I'm sure you know, they're they're headquartered in and Materialize, uh, and they were talking about additive manufacturing and so on. And coming from the world of polymers, uh, I I, I started to read up on, on the company Materialize and Additive Manufacturing, thinking for some days that, that they were in the business of manufacturing additives for polymers and not realizing that additive manufacturing is is a term uh, for 3d printing so so uh just a little bit of a uh, of a anecdote of of uh, the understanding of, of terminology you know w- would you uh, w- would you would you um say that um the what uh, the technology, the solutions that you are working on, that you are developing, would necessarily um, go hand in hand with with additive manufacturing, uh, or would there be other ways of, of manifesting your your the, the parts to make your your wind wind turbines? Um, how 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 critical how, how critical is additive manufacturing to 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 uh, if you will your your uh, uh, your proposition?
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, it, it's totally not uh well, totally not is maybe a blunt statement, but it it's not it doesn't need to be manufactured with uh, the 3D printer or additively per se, um but it has been very handy for uh yeah, for numerous reasons. Um first of all because you can um, yeah, make the perfect blade and in terms of uh, the shape you can make the perfect uh, airfoil um, you can have it uh, filled with uh, any structure that you want so um, that's done actually what we did and then um, in the end our blades of, of 1 meter with the, the modified 3D printer and the, the recycled PET they had a, a, a weight volume ratio of 0.5 so it's uh, uh, one liter only weighs half a kilogram, and that's um, yeah the equivalent of, of uh, a light a light wood, light kind of wood. So we're very happy about that um, because a lot of small winter turbines are still made of uh, of, of woods, and then um, we have some competition there in the do-it-yourself manufacturing. Um, but just, yeah, 3D printing is super handy for that. Um, also, in terms of startup costs, uh, the alternatives are making a mold. Um, yeah, it's quite costly, certainly when uh, people uh, like me or like uh, uh, with, our, uh, with our philosophy, it's not always easy to, to convince investors. Um, I think the classical way would be um, gather a few hundred thousands of euros, um, make the molds, um, make this, uh, make the blades, um, yeah, rotational molding or just uh, injection molding, more uh, classical ways, and then, um, yeah, mass produce it. But yeah, as I told, it's 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 not so easy to to get to that money, so we have to be very creative with everything. Um, and for now, like we see it now, in the yeah, the coming months, half year, we will be uh, able what we want to produce, let's say, for the uh, first hundreds of uh, wind turbines, we will be able to do it uh, additively with a household 3D printer. If you really know what you're doing with that uh, small machine, um, it's uh, it's possible to, uh, to manufacture uh, end products with it. Um, and, uh, in the long run, um, we're thinking about, because what you manufacture with, with, um, with the plastics that are, um, that are on the markets and, and, and filament or, in, and granulates, um, you're stuck to a certain mix and it's not always, um, what's necessary for the product in terms of UV protection or fatigue resistance. Um, and for now, we haven't, yeah, we have a few of our, of our uh, favorites in terms of the the polymers we, we will be working with, and you are working with, but there's not like one polymer that's perfect. So it's possible that um, every five or 10 years, so you just, uh, you recycle your blade, you just shred it at the at at local facility or, or the, the client ships it back to, back to us. Um, we throw it in the shredder um, and we, so we recycle it and we just uh, print new blades from it. Um, maybe do some minor modifications, but um, yeah, I can perfectly imagine if you work with uh, polypropylene, um, the outside of the blade will be weathered, um, also in terms of erosion, it will be weathered by UV uh, radiation. So um, then maybe just uh, mixing um, the plastic or the polymer, just mixing it up again, maybe it will be enough. Um, maybe we mix like a few percent virgin or we mix some some other uh, like uh, and then some kind of additive in it. And that, uh, that makes it uh, go for another 10 years, let's say. Um, like new ways of thinking. Um, we're, we're quite fond of that also. Um, now it's it has to be, it has to be last forever. Or it, it has to be strong to, yeah. it's just, just not a realistic view. And in, in, in my opinion, also uh uh, with a lot of products, they have to last hundred years, but um, they, they just are used for a few years. Uh, a lot of times, so it's just a um, new way of thinking. We want mm. to introduce to uh, mm-hmm. yeah to I the mean, world also. Uh, uh,
1: one 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 last question from from my side: If um, do you see uh, over time, Bram um, deploying y- your solutions? Let's say uh, in, here 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 in Western Europe. Uh, here, here in Europe, uh, uh, in the US, etc., uh, and/or are you also looking for uh, um, developing nations, where developing countries, developing parts of the world, where uh, you have someone out uh, in, in a remote location uh, that that is in need of of, of, of uh, uh, an energy source, being able to to take. Your know-how, your technology, uh, and 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 make this happen somewhere in the middle of nowhere. I mean, um, where where would you uh, see your your uh, your solution being best
2: deployed? That's that's probably on on, on uh, all fronts. Um, we see it both here in, uh, in Western Europe. We see it in developing countries also, but. Um, um, it's it's quite possible that we that we produce for western europe we do most of the production ourselves and then uh, we do some education next to it um it's quite possible that um like we've seen and in, in the, the corona pandemic that there is a crisis uh, that's like a, um it, it can be local but it, it doesn't need to be uh, let's say a hurricane strikes somewhere and that um, all the 3D printers or all the the makers and in the indirect the environment of the, the disaster, uh, they start their 3D printers and they, they start mass producing, like what, what happened with the, the facial masks and the corona pandemic. Uh, the supply was just not there. And, and, and then you see the, the creativity of the, the local guy in the shed. And um, yeah, let's let's uh, let's see where it goes. But uh, it's certainly something that we have in mind. That that would be great to see it like it's more a peer-to-peer way of thinking, and instead of like a more a star-oriented topology. But it would be great that um, yeah, that's just uh, yeah. You you need energy, okay? Um, can we do can we do solar, okay? uh yeah solar is easy just put the panel there but okay then at night what happens or um when it's just not a, a very very sunny country or, or what else can you have uh volcano eruptions There's uh there are some some uh scientific papers on a super volcano under the Yellowstone Park um who knows when the, the clouds uh, the the, when the clouds will come or w- when the, the sky will will become darker, um, yeah, we'll see. But but certainly, um, if you see what's happening in Africa, I have contact with a young entrepreneur from uh, Senegal uh, who wrote to me, discovered what uh, what we were, we were doing with from waste to wind, and and yeah, the universities there are packed with with young people that want to change something, and then. Are also uh, wary of their environment and then, um, yeah. Often, uh, if you if you drive a few hundred kilometers, you're uh, yeah you're uh, um, back in, in in the desert and, and yeah there's no grit anymore. Um, people live from the local farming and, and I can perfectly imagine like uh, a young African entrepreneur um, setting up a small uh, a small uh, um wind turbine producing company, or, or even yeah, just any renewable company, and, and uh deploy it in the in the uh, yeah in the regions where where help is needed or where where help is wanted. Let's say it like that. No,
0: I think this is this is exactly what what is also needed. You know, to to have this this mindset to say okay, it's it's. It's not, we have to kind of disrupt what we have today in terms of technology. And we also have to, you know, make these steps towards something that is not conventionally I don't know, uh, reproduction, uh, maybe in other materials or maybe in a slightly different technology, but just try to, you know, disrupt through not only technology, but also business models and also changing the mindset, I think. Um, and this is this is what you, you you mentioned you're doing also with your educational programs. I think that's, that's really smart.
2: I, I just would like to add that. Um, um yeah, one of the dreams I have is like making a big uh, a kinetic sculpture that is uh, also producing electricity. Um, because in the end, it would be so nice to have um, people want this kind of artwork in their backyard. And then just um, that it also produces electricity. Whereas it's now, yeah, this is rather hmm, we don't want it or do we want it? Um, and, and, some inspirations, maybe also for the listeners, it's maybe a fun thing to check out is the kinetic art of Anthony Howe and, and Cesar Manrique. Cesar Manrique lived on, um, uh, lived in Lanzarote. Um, yeah, he uh, made some nice artworks too.
0: Yeah, I think we, we should link up uh, with this in the show notes. But now that you mentioned art, we also have uh, a last question which refers to art. <laughs> Maybe not kinetic art, but um, the most important question of ears, all uh, because we <laughs> 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 Exactly. We have um, a Plastic Climate Future playlist because we think awesome music transfers a lot of, you know, Not only emotions, but also a lot of, yeah, uh, memories. And uh, we always like to have our guests uh, proposing one or two songs that connect also to this podcast here, Um, because whenever we listen to this to this playlist, we always know. Oh, this is this is the song from Ram. This is the song from gitano for example <laughs> and then uh and then it just carries the message much much further so uh i know i gave you this question already offline in advance so maybe you thought about one or two songs that we could pack on the playlist uh, that remind us of uh yeah from waste to wind and bram
2: yes for sure for sure i've uh, i've been thinking about it and um what i noticed is a uh, and I really uh, like that artists are, are some kind of uh, an, an activist mm-hmm. uh, too. Um, so um, there are like two artists that uh, came to my mind. And then firstly, there's Bombay Stereo. Um, it's mm-hmm. a Colombian band. And they, they make a fusion of electronic music, rock, reggae, reggaeton, rap, and some, some cumbia too um and uh, the song is called so you um this is me so it's about going into the mainstream um and going against the current um they are social and environmental activists and and really um yeah they they made uh, like a short movie recently about um uh about about that also and um yeah i listen a lot of uh i listen a lot to 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 latin music um and, and what i hear a lot there is that they're really they're proud of their country and, and quite often it's the culture it's the nature um and and just yeah the the pristine environments that they they want to keep um, so that's that's something that i resonate really uh, really really hard with um, the second one is jack johnson um, oh yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, it's uh, used to be a surfer, and a lot of uh, a lot of surfers really care for their uh, their environment. Also, a lot of these guys and, and, and
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, uh, You you yeah. too Matt? Yes, I do. <laughs> okay, okay, good to hear. Okay, I do too. So uh, uh, maybe know, not I a coincidence. Surfers. I know some surfers. <laughs> 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 okay okay that's great too great too um they say yeah they say surfing is like um like getting into the mafia once you get in you don't get out so john maybe uh, if you if you try one time you get hooked and uh it stays for it stays forever Matt, Matt's pulling me in but but i i
1: uh, bram i think i look i would look ideally like that seal you know if i get on a surfboard i'm going to be looking like a seal and i'm going to be confused <laughs> by a shark you know they're going to get me so i got to get over this phobia
2: but uh, i will, <laughs> I will. <laughs> okay 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 yeah 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 yeah. I, I totally get that yeah so the the song by jack johnson is uh, if i had eyes it's just uh, the relaxed vibe also that he's carrying It really it fits with um Just uh, the the easygoing nature of nature. Uh, I think everything is like uh, so symbiotic and in harmony. It seems it's like the system has worked for a million of years, and uh, now it seems that uh, the 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 human the human uh, presence is like uh, uh, really perpendicular on it. So uh, that's why I also really like this approach. Um, And yeah, like I said. uh, a lot of surfers, even competitive surfers, are uh, activists. And uh, um, yeah, they're actually, I think you're part of nature if you're surfing. And it's really implicit. It's really, yeah, implicit or it's, really, um, yeah uh, it's implicit to care for it at the same time. So uh, that's why I also uh, choose Jack Johnson
0: great um, I think that we already have the pl- uh, pl- oh, two plans actually one will be to go t- uh, surfing together and the other to have another podcast That's really great. a short trip yeah. up from <laughs> yeah, yeah, City yeah. now uh,
1: to, to Antwerp I want to see one of your, your, your uh, wind turbines up and running I mean I know you have some uh, it'd be cool to, to see that you know just to, to visualize yeah. to, to see this so